That's the hard What does he say when Ryan Gosling gives him the coat? Oh, I can't remember. He said something. Yeah. Like, we're only fighting because, because we didn't know ourselves or something, something along those lines. Can't remember what he said. <laughs> yeah. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Is This Cinema podcast. And we're with my lovely co-host who's back from Scotland, Jess. <laughs> so hey, Jess. Hi, Priscilla. You are? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I'm very tired. I know, you're, you're in a different country. <laughs> it was just really weird, but we had a good time. It looked good. The wedding looked good. It was great. I didn't think, it was literally like the most Congolese and the most Scot- Scottish wedding I've ever been to, but it was a good I time. I saw one Congolese uncle on a kilt. I said, okay. All the uncles in kilts. It was actually really funny. And then my dad kept messaging me because I know that he would have been one of the uncles in a kilt. So he had really bad FOMO. It would have been fun to see. <laughs> but our special guest this episode, we've got another man. <laughs> it's Alan, aka Bancoli. Bancoli, hey. Hey, Alan. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. <laughs> Do you like my... Was that why you wanted the camera? Yeah. <laughs> It was the surprise reveal for my outfit. <laughs> Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. You're so happy as well as the thing. <laughs> you did look at your smile. It's a joyous movie. Why should I be happy talking about Bobby? <laughs> but guys, you, you guys got to see it. Yeah. But go Alan, it's in a big puffin jacket. Oh, no. Can we not, can we not call me Alan throughout, the, throughout this record? <laughs> he's, got a, he's got a scrunchie on his brain. Oh, I want this part. I want this scrunchie for the, for the, for the screening. <laughs> Oh, you're making me cry. Oh, my Are you going to be ready to tie something? There's no, he no. Said he's gonna, he's, he said he's going to tie the beard. Yeah. He's going to plait his beard and tie it. <laughs> 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 okay, this joke is, is hot. This joke cannot last too long. Let me... Well, hi, hi Barbies. For this episode, I'm just Ken. Good. Oh, I'm gonna go straight to Bancone. Actually, let's do the admin first before. Oh, you actually got me off my game because I was laughing too much. <laughs> so the admin, we've done Oppenheimer. Have a listen. It's probably the longest episode we've had today, but it was it was me and Alan spitballing. Yeah, it was long. Politics. I don't even know. I don't. Even, well, to be fair, I mean, full disclosure, we're not even sure which one is coming out first. One of them is coming. I, we'll see when we, if we can you finish. Know, the, what? Whatever comes, yeah, comes, comes, comes first, comes first, first isn't it? Whoever finishes first is the one. Is the one you listen yeah, to. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you'll get Oppenheimer review anyhow. It's very long. It's not that it's very long. Alan and I. It's like it's like seventy minutes. Don't make it seem like nah. It's that, the that's long. a regular popcorn for dinner episode. Like. <laughs> It's a regular popcorn for the episode. But not is this cinema. Not is this cinema episode. Yeah. So we need to start getting them ready because you know what? Something is coming. <laughs> Something's Killer, coming. Killers are coming. Killers are the f- movies are coming that are going to be three hours long. So Like Dune, 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 Bond. I'm telling you now, guys, Dune one will be two hours. I don't know. Priscilla, care. how would you feel? Sorry to disrupt your admin. How would you feel if they push Dune to next year? I wouldn't be too mad because I want the people to get paid. Well, well, I mean, yeah, well, well, pro strikes. I'm just, I'm just like, if because of the strikes. <laughs> well, if you got pushed back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won't be too mad because um, Challengers got pushed back. Challengers got pushed really back to, to an April release date, which is kind of weird. To an April release. So I don't really mind. I mean, yeah, Dune, there's a chance if these strikes go on longer, there's a chance because you want like 
Timothy Chalamet and Zendaya and Rebecca Ferguson pushing your movie. So there's a chance that Dune is pushed to next year. I can, I confirm it. I can wait. You can wait an, an extra twelve months. I mean, not like you have a yeah. choice for you. Anyway, okay. I haven't got no choice. I can wait. We'll confirm see. it. We'll see. Um, but obviously, we've got we've got Dead Reckoning. We've got Mission mm-hmm. Impossible rankings. Mm-hmm. Guardians. Across the Spider Verse, Nolan draft that, that Nolan draft. Um, like, there's too many things going on. We, yeah. Our top five films, most of the films have come out now. Mm-hmm. So have a listen, see if you agreed. Um, most of my rankings actually went exactly how I thought. Fair. The only one that's not come out is June. So we'll see what happens with June. Um, and so yeah, that's it. Let's go straight into Barbie Land. Barbie Land, Bank Holly. Yes. Let's go straight to you. Ooh. What did okay. you think? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. What did you think of the film? Um, so I've been trying to do my lap of honor recently because I went back to find out when I first mentioned Barbie on the podcast. And it was, I think, 21st of October, 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and I said I was going to be day one for, for Barbie. I, I was just like, there are too many important things involved in this for me not to be interested in this movie. Whether it be good or bad, we don't know. I still think it will be good. Anyway, anyway. Um, but I always thought it was going to be fun. And like, <laughs> I'm Ryan Gosling Hive. I have been like, the man gave us hey. crazy, crazy stupid love, La La Land and um, the nice guys. Like Nice guys, like, yeah. And if you've seen any, like if, if you've seen Ryan Gosling even once on the Graham Norton show, just one episode, like you know that like, he knows what yeah. he's doing. So I was just with like Greg Je- with Greg um with um Greg Jennings, you know the guy who plays the um the head teacher in the between is yeah he's on that one. There's one he did with Harrison Ford for the Blade Runner 2049. Anyway, my point is that I always knew it was going to deliver. Um, I mean I think we're going to talk about Ken during the episode, and then like at the risk of objectifying her, like if you said Margot Robbie is Barbie, I'm like yeah yeah she is. That's like that is perfect casting if I've ever seen it. And then they started bringing in the like supporting cast, like Kingsley Benadir. I was like, sure, we're going to go from Obama to Malcolm X to Ken. I'm on board. It's a race. So, and then you have Greta Gerwig and um, Noah Bombach writing the scripts. Like, Noah Bombach is going from writing marriage story to writing a story about Ken and Barbie. Greta Gerwig is writing from going from Little Women to Ken. So I was like, I am so on board. I couldn't be more on board if I ever, if I tried. So, but to answer your question, I didn't like, I watched like the first trailer. So I didn't really know the plot of the movie. Like I knew they went to the real world, but I didn't know the reason why they went to the real world. And so I didn't really have like, I was like, this is going to be fun, but I didn't know what it was going to be about. And I had a great time. I really, really liked this movie. I guess you guys will probably talk about Oppenheimer just like in relation to this. I think at the time of recording, Jess hasn't watched Oppenheimer, but like I never planned on watching them at the same on the same day. That was just never going to happen because I'm just like, no. Um, but I watched Barbie like literally 24 hours before I watched Oppenheimer and I'm so happy I did because like I literally spent that whole day just thinking about Barbie because this movie is like... Trojan Horse makes it seem more... I don't know. But it, 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 it has ideas, let's put it like that. And like those ideas could work for some people. Maybe some don't work for some people, but I had, had a lot of time thinking about those ideas. So I really like this movie and I really can we discuss it with you guys? Jess? Um, I did like it. As Bancoli said, it is definitely a five-star cast. We also had a mini sex education reunion. I really mm-hmm. need that show to come back. It's nice. It's just amazing like how they come from that show to here. But yeah, I liked all the different Kens, all the different Barbies, seeing Issa Rae. The Issa Rae is also somebody that has come from so far, so I'm so proud of her. 
to in this film. But then I think when we're talking about our predictions of what the film will be like, you definitely basically got it on the money about what it would be about. I thought it would have no, been... I know Greta. Like different. me and Greta go together real bad. I know, I, I know her. <laughs> like she's me. Yeah, go on, Jess. I knew her. <laughs> I thought <laughs> I thought it would have been slightly different, but I got like the angle they were going down. So I was like, you know what? Let me just go down the alley with them. So it was a good watch, but there was just like a few things that, you know, I had a bit of. What did you think with. was going to be different? Um, I thought it was going to be more of the fantasy side of it than okay. less the reality side of it. I think did I would watch any trailer slightly. Yeah, what's the trailers of it? Because like even the trailers, it just wasn't telling me too much of what it might fully be about. Mm-hmm. So then I so thought, you thought it was going to be like a Barbie movie set mm-hmm. in Barbie land. Especially with like the promo, everybody wearing all pink and talking mm-hmm. about the Barbies. So I just thought it was just going to be fully on that route, slightly on the reality side of it. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like more reality side, which was quite interesting. That's the only, I guess, down-ish part about it. But overall, they did a fantastic job. I really enjoyed it. I mean, can I just quickly, as in, yeah, so just quickly, Priscilla, as in, when I say I saw Greta Garriga, no, as in, I don't know how to put it, when they announced that they were writing this, I was like, these guys are not going to write a movie about Barbie becoming a princess, right? For lack of a mm. better explanation. Like, and Greta? No. This guy, like, Greta is too, uh, I don't like using this term, but she's too socially minded. Um, Noah's films are too melancholic. <laughs> and like... It's Madagascar, Madagascar 3. It, well, true. <laughs> I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he's... That's true. Uh, like, yeah, like, so... And I, I I'm, I'm, I'm sure, again, I'm sure we'll talk about it, but you, you have to believe that, like, all the Ken stuff here came from Noah's, Noah's brain. But like, even like his movies are too acidic and too melancholic and too like saying stuff about relationships for them to just like, oh yeah, Barbie becomes a princess and she has a, a man a mansion. So I think I always felt like there was, they were going to try and say something. Whether it was going to be successful, I didn't know. But I also knew that like, again, Greta wanted to make a fun pink movie. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, because I I knew me and Greta are sisters, man. <laughs> I know her real bad, right? Like she'd be me if I decided to go down the writing route. Like I knew she was gonna do this. I knew it was gonna be girlhood. I knew mm-hmm. it was gonna be mother daughter thing because she's got a massive thing about mother daughter relationships mm-hmm. in her movies. Like Ladybird had it, or Mother Figures, um, Little Women had it. Um, so I knew like with this, it was gonna have that that element of it of girlhood and like what makes a woman a woman but i knew it was going to be good because noah and greta were writing and noah mm-hmm. and greta was directing and obviously you had ryan and all these cans like shooty and kingsley's amazing kingsley my man my man my that's a good man savannah that's a good man i was like you and malcolm x what's going on here how are you so foolish? that's a good man and what anyone says remove the hate from your heart simuli was brilliant when people hate Peach. Simu, people hate Simulu. Oh, they hate Simulu bad. Oh, he was, I, I don't think <laughs> there was true, anyone he, that was gobble 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 gobble. I don't think anyone was bad in this movie. No one, everyone was chewy. <laughs> Heron. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell just just being Emma the CEO. Emma Mackey. Like... Will Ferrell being the CEO of Mattel. I don't know why I didn't expect to see him. Everything was chewing. That's like oh. Oh, I did because he was in the cast. I will. Um, America, like everyone chewed, yeah. but like, like I always knew that they were going to go the social commentary route of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was surprised on how she took it. Mm. 
And I loved it. Like I love how on the nose she was with all the commentary, like the sat the satirical the satirical nature of it. It felt like um this is a really weird example, but walk with me. But you know when Sasha does like Borat and stuff and he's so on the nose yeah. with the crap he's saying mm-hmm. that it's funny, but you know where he's going with it, like the Borat too, basically. Mm-hmm. This Barbie film was making me laugh so much because she was being so blatant. She's like, it's so on the nose. Like the whole patriarchy thing and Ken saying like, patriarchy is just men on horses. I tell you, I snort laughed. So very early in the thing, Helen Mirren is like, uh, because of the Barbies, the patriarchy is destroyed and feminism has won and everything. And I I laughed. I was like, I didn't want to laugh at that in my cinema. Because I was like, oh, this is this is what I knew the movie was going to be about. Because it's like, oh yeah, because of Barbies, the patriarchy has been ended. Oh, that's what they think. Let's not let's not let it, let's not bust their bubble. And I laughed, and nobody else laughed around me. I was like, wait, what movie do you guys do you guys think you're coming to watch? Like, you guys need to get on board. Do you remember when Margot was saying Margot's brother was saying like I'm not a pretty anymore? And, oh. and I was like, what? And then Helen Mirren said Priscilla. Margot Robbie's probably the worst person to say. I was Priscilla, just saying this. I have that on my notes. That is the funniest line in the movie. Without I, a doubt, the, the way I burst out laughing. My cinema like, broke. Was saying that. My cinema broke when she said that because she goes like, "What does she say?" Um, the producers of this film acknowledge that Margot Robbie is the wrong person. To, to do it. <laughs> my cinema. I don't. I don't think we know what Margot Robbie said next because my cinema just broke when she when she said that. That was that's hands down the funniest line in the movie. Because when she said that, I was like, "Are you?" Margot, I was like, "Shut your damn mouth about <laughs> I'm not pretty. You look pretty when you're crying." I mean, damn serious. I'm right very now. intrigued to know if that was like originally in the script, or maybe Greta was like watching the editor. I'm like, oh shit! Someone call Helen Mirren. We need her to go into voiceover booth. We need to we need to do this post production quickly because because this stuff we need we need to address it. Nah, the one that got to me was the Quentin Tarantino quips about the feet, <laughs> the Godfather stuff. The one that rattled me, yeah, me and my best friend Des were sat next to each other, right. When I heard Pride and Prejudice, I saw Colin Firth's face. I said, yay! I said, why are you attacking me like this? I screamed. I said, wow! Wow, so you're attacking me on this good Friday night. And I've not done anything. I wanted to actually go to Greta. I mean, that whole sequence was great. When she asked um, Kingsley's Ken to, like, explain Godfather, but could he just, like, talk through the movie and stuff from the beginning again? I was like, oh, yeah. you get." Oh, and then someone says, I can't, I can't remember if it was Issa Rae or... Oh god, what's her name? Why is that? Why am I blanking on her name? The other black Barbie in this movie. Oh, uh, Alexandra Ship. Alexandra Ship. Yeah, when she's like, she became very invested in the Zack Snyder cut of the Justice League. And the Justice League. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, because honestly, some of these quips that I was like, Greta, no, I, I was like, Greta, no, you too. I, I see you. You'd mm-hmm. be deep in the culture. I, like, I see you, but. We'll go straight into the characters because I need to talk about this person first because I need to get this person <laughs> out of the way. Ryan Gosling, yeah. I can't believe it's I did with him. Oh. I think we're going to start with somebody else as well. I have to start with him. No, I have to start with him. I want to say to him, I always believed in you. When you were announced as Ken, I, who've watched Crazy Super Love of the Nice Guys, I knew you were capable of this. You had the Kennedy. Like I knew, mm-hmm. I knew, because I'm like, this is this is a thespian. This man's gonna take it seriously. He's gonna give me himbo on levels we've never seen himbo before. He's so funny. He needs to be more comedies. He actually needs to do more comedy because the way, yeah, his first line, yeah, <laughs> when he came in and when he was dancing his way into stuffing her dance with the other Ken, when he was like saying like, 
please let me go to your house. Please let me go to your house. He goes, crossing his fingers. <laughs> and he goes, when I heard her girlfriend and boyfriend in, in the actress cinema, yeah, this man changed my life. When he said Modo Dojo Casa House, I put, I put this man has changed my life beyond repair. Sublime. 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 He changed Modo Dojo Casa House. And I, I will name my house now. Are you dumb? Are you dumb? He does. He does beat. I, I'm going to beat you off. Let's have a beat off. And then when he was like, oh, I healed up pretty quick. Like everything he was doing in this film, yeah. The worst thing is like, because everyone was good, but he was so, you know, when someone's actually so good. Mm-hmm. Him and Margot yeah. was so good that everyone around them was good, but they were on a, such a different level to everyone else in so complete, mm-hmm. two completely different ways. Because Ryan, I'm like, I ain't never seen a himbo like this before in my life. He, there ain't nothing in that head of in Ken's head, you know. Like two rocks are rattling in there, and I love it, and I love it for him. Even the whole patriarchy thing of when he was like, he just cared about the horses. <laughs> Lost interest when he found out it was not about horses. Uh, Jess, what do you think? Because I know Jess, I, I don't know if you've been on this podcast has like changed it, but obviously at first you didn't, <laughs> you don't really like when things kind of mix comedy and drama. And I guess this is a comedy. I think this is purely comedy, but. Especially with Ken and, and Barbie towards the end, it gets a bit heavier. But like, what did you, I guess, what did you think? Are we talking about Ken? Are we talking about Ryan Gosling's performance? Which one are we doing? Are we just doing both? Doing both. Doing both. But what do you think about Ken, I guess, Jess? Yeah, I thought Ken's character was definitely very funny. I didn't expect him to be able to just like take that role in like he did. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, how do you put Ryan Gosling as a Ken in this film? Like just having to play like an idiot. But I felt like he did a great job doing that. And all the other Kens did a great job too i think like my favorite scene was definitely when um <laughs> i don't know why but when he was singing in the end and then they were like four hours later and yeah. like dark and still singing the same song oh on the guitar yeah <laughs> yeah i was like uh and then the fight the can fight and, and actually <laughs> so i did a tiktok about the movie before and it was more of like it was like in talking cheek that the reason i'm excited for barbie is to see ken and seeing where i goes ken and everything this was before i'd seen it and i, I was watching the movie and i was like oh wait I think I might have had a premonition because like he, because in the, in the TikTok, I'm like, oh, like two bad bitches can exist. Like we, we can exalt both Ken and Barbie. And I think that's kind of like the, that's kind of like Ken's plot in this movie, like being his own person and not having to only have a good day when Barbie looks at him. Um, I think I didn't expect Ken to be the antagonist in this film. That surprised me. Like I thought it was going to be like a body comedy thing. Ah. Of them going to the real world to like I don't know. I don't I don't know what I thought they were going to the real world to do, but I definitely did not think Ken was going to come the antagonist of the film. So when she goes back to Barbie Land, I'm like, oh wait, Ken is the villain of this film. That's so interesting. It was such an interesting take. I can't, to me. I love that take. I love that take of it. And I loved how like, wait, continue before I go into it. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, it was just, it was interesting to me. I, I didn't expect it. I was like, oh. And it's just to me because this might be the, the men in his side. But, like, I understood why Ken was the villain. But I also knew he wasn't trying to be the villain, if that makes sense. Like, no, no, you're right. Yeah. Because he's someone that you could see that he's, I mean, um, Bobby basically says it at the end, but, like, you, you could see that he was ignored and the Cairns are made to feel like they're, they're worthless. Their lives are only worth, worth it if Barbie looks at them, literally. 
And then he goes to the real world and people are asking him the time. People respect him. And then he, he doesn't obviously know what patriarchy is, but he just thinks, oh, this is a way in which we don't have to rely on Barbie to have a good life. And he tries to take that back to Barbie land. And obviously, as men want to do, that becomes bad and, and grows and becomes a war because men start wars. But like, you understand that he didn't, he just wanted to be seen and feel worth it and like it was just interesting i was like oh yeah because it's like patriarchy is bad for everybody mm-hmm. the patriarchy is not just That's bad for women yeah the patriarchy is not just bad for women the patriarchy is terrible for men the patriarchy tells these men that they have to do these particular things that tells the kens that they have to lead it tells Ryan Gosling ken that he has to lead even though all he wants is horses like he's like oh this is what the patriarchy tells you and it's like it's not I know some people are going to be like, this is an anti-men movie. It's not. It's like, not. It's the furthest thing to... from it. A lot of men were really angry when they were watching this. Yeah, obviously obviously they did because it's them. Yeah, because when I saw the film, I'm like, what are these conservatives yapping about? That's probably the most male-coddling bunch of crap I've seen. Not that it's crap in terms of mm-hmm, what Greta mm-hmm. was writing. Because what she did was, it, she showed how easy it is for men to fall for incel-like no, incel crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's so easy. And the worst thing is that's what makes it more dangerous. That's how what she was highlighting. That someone who's seemingly the way he appears as lighthearted, himbo-like as Ken, mm-hmm. as Ryan's Ken, could then fall into this incel ideology just like that. I'm and telling you, realize it's too late. Yeah. Until you realise it's too late. And that's what, like, you know, like, I'm sorry for getting onto the Andrew Tate, but that's what makes guys like Andrew Tate so dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's very easy for people to fall for the whole red pill ideology thing. It's so easy. You scroll through TikTok maybe a two hours, maybe for like a week, you're in it. Yeah. And now you're in many missed circles. And that's why I'm happy Greta actually showed this in this way. And I was happy that Ken was the villain. And I was happy that, to some extent, Barbie did give him the apology because she did ignore him and she did not necessarily treat him the way he deserved to be treated. But I was even more happy that Ken didn't get her in the end because just because she said sorry doesn't mean that she doesn't have the agency to reject you. Mm-hmm. Just because you like her doesn't mean she has to be with you. And I'm happy about that because she could have gone the complete opposite way and go like, oh, like now these two end up happily ever after. And she's like, no, just because you're nice to me and you like me doesn't mean I have to be with you, mm-hmm. which I quite like. Because it's it, some of you men need to look and be like, sorry, just because you're a nice guy and you're a bit thick doesn't mean that you can be with me, if that makes any sense. I don't know what you think about it, Jess. Um, yeah, I definitely feel the same because I just thought it was just going to be a simple typical story you know they're together in the beginning they have the little conflict and then just get back together but then yeah you just need to realize that yeah um you don't always need um <laughs> a man <laughs> yeah because i think like um, to make you who you are yeah so it's definitely think, a great take to see it yeah i loved the i loved that resolution with ken in the end like ken got to have his closure with barbie and she got to tell him like you know what like um just because like I was wrong in how I treated mm-hmm. you doesn't mean that I was wrong about my feelings for you. Yeah. And I was happy that she established a boundary between both things. Cause I, a, I didn't treat you right. Cause you didn't treat him right. She treat him like crap because she didn't like him that way. 
if that makes any sense. But then just mm-hmm. because you don't like someone doesn't mean you can't treat them as a human being. Yeah, definitely. And I think when Ken's obviously like, you know how most typical nice guys act, it's like, oh, you said so. That means like, oh, we we'll have a chance, I have a chance. I'm like, no, that doesn't mean that either. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes someone just doesn't like you. You can be as the nicest person in the world. If someone doesn't like you, they don't like you. But I guess... And happy Ken learned that lesson. It was a nice way to see it in that because when you think of, obviously like when you had Barbie dolls growing up, like Barbie and her boyfriend Ken. Mm. It's like, that is literally just her boyfriend. Like he doesn't have any personality to him. We don't know anything about him. That is just her boyfriend and that's it. <laughs> yeah, cause I, was, I was quite happy that, um, what you call it? That they didn't go down that route. And uh, Greta doesn't like that route anyways. Greta, Greta don't be having letting her characters have happy endings at all, child. Like, Greta's like, my women are going to be depressed. Mm-hmm. My female characters are going to be, well, not depressed. My female characters are going to be single, independent women. That's how she rolls, Greta. Um, so I was actually quite intrigued that she did go down that route. Um, and she did take it that way. When men, the most dangerous man in the world is a man who feels as what those Kens feel, mm. where they feel insecure and low through the way, and through no, and to be honest, that's patriarchy's fault because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. patriarchy p- p- paints a certain view of how men are, which is obviously what Greta was basically um, saying. Men, like, should we're all, men should be. We're all victims of it, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Men and women are like, obviously, women more and obviously non binary. Um, but that's the most dangerous man. And I think they obviously had to understand whilst it's bad that you felt invalidated and felt like you weren't in the position that you deserve to be, but it doesn't mean you can use that as an excuse to then do the same mm-hmm. and be worse. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At worst, you could say the Barbies were indifferent to them. At worst. Mm-hmm. But you can't argue that the Barbies were being cruel to them in any way. They were just naturally probably indifferent. And I think it's the whole idea that when men are not sort of in that position and how easy it is for them to switch and think as soon as they get a whiff of power, what they use that power for. And that's yeah. what made what those Kens so mad. Because I'm like, rah, like you got one whiff of power from this blonde guy who's got like, he just two monkeys crash the symbols in his head. And you got a whiff of power and that's what you use it for. Mm. And obviously when they got to, and even then they started fighting amongst each other because there was no real reason as to like, they didn't have a tangible reason or tangible cause. You know, the Barbies, there was a tangible cause. They all fought for it and they're all working together. Whereas these Kens, there was no social, there was no theme they were fighting for. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just power for power's sake, which is why it was so easy for them to fight amongst each other and make each other jealous because there was not a <laughs> consistent, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm making sense. I'm just no, spitballing no, no. here. No, you are. I like that, that they made up during the fight, like during the same fight song. <laughs> they, just, they just made up. Because but we can't remember if this is exactly what we said, but we're going to ascribe it to him. Like, I think Kings is Ken says, we are fighting because we don't we don't know who we are. And yeah, like, that's basically what he's saying. Yeah, and I don't know. I I found it very interesting. And this might be completely off the mark, but in what, while watching, I was like, oh, it's funny that, maybe not funny, haha, but that Ryan Gosling's Ken's arc was basically it the arc of like the female character in a movie that think it's that thinks it's progressive is like she has to realize that she is not the boyfriend's like girlfriend that she's her own person the female character realizes that she's more than just the girlfriend and she can be by herself and she can't have her own dreams and aspirations and that's kind of what ken's journey in this is to realize that he's not like Barbie's Ken, 
that he's Barbie. It's Barbie and Ken. He's Ken enough. Yeah, he's he's, he's yeah. Ken enough. Yeah, and I I don't think that's a coincidence. Cause I think they were trying to use Ken the Kens as like a surrogate for the kind of stories that have been told about women before. Because what what did they do at the end? They like when when the Kens asked to have a judge in the Supreme Court, and they were like, no, 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 maybe a lower a lower circuit judge, and we'll kind of we'll kind of mirror the progress that women are having in the real world in, yeah. in Barbie land. Yeah. So I don't know. I just no. I think you're right. I think you're right there because I think when they asked for the Supreme Court role, it was very intentional for Greta and Noah to write like, "Nah, you're not going to get real power. Mm. We're going to give you what you think is real power." And see how excited they were because they never had power before. Yeah. So for them, even the slightest bit of power, sort of like parroting the real world in terms of and that's probably why she is why she did it, is that we've not had any progress. But the idea of a woman being in Congress, how wow. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, this is real power. Do you know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I think Greta and Noah obviously did that intentionally. Because equality, I mean, I don't care about men anyway, so I mean, I didn't care. Oh dear. But genuine equality would be if you'd make them on the same par as you. Yeah, but they'd... the converse of that mm-hmm. would be that you are, these Barbies have worked for it, is a weird term to say, but like, they basically deserve the roles they're in, like their presidents and doctors yeah, that's and pilots. Like, and in this case, you can't just plan them as like they have to you work. You can't their just way come up. in, yeah, 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 Supreme Court. What do you know? <laughs> so you have to. You, you have... just you, you let this blonde man come and take over and say Mojo Dojo Casa House. And you're like, yeah, 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 and just wanted to have power. Do you know what I mean there weren't? It's not like, like Issa Rae was an actual good president. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. her, her president Barbara was actually a good president. The women in Supreme Court were wanting good things, doing decent things. These kids just wanted to come and muck up shop and basically gain power for themselves. Mm. So that's when they told them, you know, slow down, man. I would have not given them any roles at all, but like, you sit there, man. So they need your food. Well, but okay, no. So I guess the point, the point would be that that was, that Barbie land wasn't perfect before. Like, it was like, because what is, well, because Margot's Barbie says, um, every night didn't have to be, girls night right so like mm-hmm. it was it was in no way like as oppressive as the real world but like the kens were put down on the kens were thought of as i don't know if second class is, is too harsh a statement but i guess they are working to a way that it's not it's better than how it was before so now a ken can actually have a good day if his barbie doesn't like talk to him that day his entire life is not dependent mm-hmm. on just his barbie saying hi or, 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 I mean, just what did you think? Or, yeah, did you guys did you guys think that Barbie Land was perfect before, and that all men should just shut up and be in the corner? Which is fair. Um, I think we slightly touched on it before. I think that um, like as we said, that when we used to buy Barbie dolls, Ken's purpose was just to be Barbie's boyfriend. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> so I do feel like it would have been when creating this character, it would have been good to slightly bring some something to him as well. <laughs> Because you can't just be like, oh, like, as I said in the film, um, they basically, all they have to do is just, like, get the attention of the Barbies and everything. And it kind of did make sense why they did rebel a bit. It made complete sense, Because yeah. at the end of the day, they yeah. are side characters. Which is, which is why I said, when, when I found out that they were the villains, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense. This, like... Mm. Yeah, it made yeah. sense in the end, definitely. I mean, what does... I think even Will Ferrell says it is, like, we don't, we don't <laughs> care about Kent's. 
And apparently yeah, didn't know that she kind of got from Mattel. Mattel was like, what are you doing with Barbie? What are you doing with Barbie? What are you doing with Barbie? We don't care about the Kents, like for the story. Just do whatever you want to do with the Kents. We don't care. We're just, what are you doing with Barbie? Like that's a real world note. So it's like, yeah, they just don't care about the Kents. We haven't even touched on, we haven't touched on Will Ferrell's character. Because that was actually really, it was that funny was as he is. Well that done. whole thing was very interesting. That was well done. That is a typical CEO. Perfect. It definitely is. Like, why are white men in charge of all this? All this. And well, they've had two. They've had two female CEOs in, in 60 years. But they've yeah. had two. Because <laughs> Mark, Mark goes Barbie, like stereotypical Barbie, walking and thinking all these women are going to be in power. And it's just all these white guys. Like, Can I talk to your, your CEO, your COO, your CFO? And he's like, it's me. The <laughs> I was like, sister, I'm sorry. There ain't no equality here. It's just like a true reflection of what, unfortunately, what the world is like. Oh, like, yeah, For example, yeah. if you buy black products, it's not run by black people. Yeah, 100%. No. I mean, yeah, I mean, I love the fact that behind the Mattel office, there's like Warner Brothers Discovery as well, the, the building, <laughs> who produced this film. In regards of your feelings towards, like, we're going for Kent, what were your opinions on the other Kent's? Um, I guess first of all, it was nice to see like a different, different kind of Kens, because obviously growing up, when you just saw you just saw the one Ken and the one Barbie. I did not know. I don't know if it was maybe just me, <laughs> but then when I used to play mm. with like Barbies, it was just like the one Barbie, one Ken. That is all you had. Mm. But it was just nice to see like a different diversity of them, the different personalities, and they just made it a lot of fun. Mm. So did, like, I feel like they definitely did serve their purpose and what different Kens can be, not just like this Same one type. type of Ken. Yeah. Yeah. And that's Scott what Evans you get. Ken was different from Shooty's Ken, who was different mm-hmm. from Kingsley's Ken, who was different from Sumu's Ken. But I think my favorite Ken was a tie between Kingsley and Sumu. Sumu was cracking me up, man. Like, <laughs> he was such a dude, bro. And then Kingsley's were, oh my gosh, him like back in like Ryan's Ken was so <laughs> funny. Like he was given like I'm a ride or die bestie. Like <laughs> he was given I'm support you to the end bestie. Like that's what he was given. Like he was amazing. Like I completely loved his take on Ken. Like I was laughing my head off watching that. I think yeah, I couldn't be sweet. Like, each time one of them would say something, like when Simi was saying, "Oh, let's have a beach off," I was crying. <laughs> then Kinsey would say something like, "You know," when Kinsey like saw Barbie's flat feet and he pretended yeah. to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene just made me laugh so much when everybody just thought that saw that she had flat feet. And then also the scene where um they said that if she can pick being in Barbie land with the nice high heel or being in the real world with the <laughs> uncle sandal. <laughs> she didn't get pink in the pink shoe. <laughs> no. Barbie's real. She's real. That's my sister right there. That's my sister right there. Pick the nice shoe every time. I know that's right. I know that's right. <laughs> I like Kingsley's Ken because he was just there. Like, he was loyal. He's like the dog. He's like a dog Ken. Like, he was just there. Even though I hate dogs. Like, he was just there for Ryan Gosling's Ken. Like, <laughs> always supported him. Always just there to say the right thing. The fake vomiting. That was funny. I, I honestly, look, I genuinely, this is going to be a point I was going to make later. I genuinely don't think anyone had a give it back performance in this movie. I think everyone understood the assignment. Some people didn't speak much. Like, Shooty had a few lines, but like, his presence always gave off the right kind mm-hmm. of energy. Like, just like, this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, everyone understood. Even Scott Evans, mm-hmm. who barely spoke, mm-hmm. but he was so In the dance, funny. like, everyone just he was so understood funny. the answer. Everyone knew what, like, everyone knew what movie they were in. 
let's go into Alan, right? Mm-hmm. Michael Cera. <laughs> I'm going to preface that. Michael Cera is one of my favorite actors. Scott Pilgrim saved the world. One of yeah. my favorite films ever. I love this man to the point of no return. Watching him, like, go, huh? And he sometimes happens again. <laughs> I think it's definitely I, I, a great addition to that. It was just nice to see him there playing a different character as well. Like, when and he was just, with I mean, the He girls. just made it so funny as well. <laughs> when he was with the girls saving the day, when he was with um, Gloria, and what was Gloria's daughter's name again? Um, and they were trying to escape Barbie Land, and he was in the backseat with the car. <laughs> no, he had me in hysterics. Like, the way he had me, he, he, ha, ha, ring, was mm-hmm. actually something nasty. Like, I was on the floor with it. Like, I was completely on the floor. Like, he had me in his... Like, I didn't know he could take it to those places, but boy, he took it to those places. But then that's what I, what I just found so impressive about this was, again, having so much, so many stars in one film and everybody just playing their role correctly. Like, it wasn't... Like, you could just always tell that um, Ryan and Margot were definitely the main stars in this. But everybody else just played their roles really played well. Played their role. Like what Greta did very well, and sort of similar to what Christopher Nolan did for Oppenheimer, is that the supporting characters, the the roles, the actors in in this, all had their time to shine. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love. Shuri had his little moment. Um, Steven yeah. had his little moment. Alan had his moment. Like, everyone had their little moment to do their thing and say their piece. Like, Rob Brydon was bloody in it. Like, I know Greta be watching Gavin and Stacey. I know that's right. Even what's his name? Um, what's that guy John from Cena, Love Island? Chris Taylor. That was that was that was Margot's doing. Margot be standing Love Island. That's Margot's <laughs> doing. That was Margot. I'm sorry. You know, I, I can tell she was a producer. I she said call that guy from Love Island. She said call Chris. It was great to see those. Um, Seeing Dua Lipa, see and our John British, Cena, our British people, our British icons, <laughs> Miss Dua Lipa, that bad wig. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> How can he say that? That bad wig. That bad wig, because John Cena's lace front, the lace was lacing way. John Cena's been in so many things recently. Like, he's just having a fun time. They still still wrestle. I haven't watched wrestling in, like, 20 years. Yeah, I think he still does. (laughs) He he still does Smackdown, small, small, small. Um, But it feels like he's just enjoying these Hollywood roles, you know, as um, Vin Diesel's brother. Now he's Ken. What would he be next? Now he's Ken. Him appearing a Barbie, I laughed my head off. <laughs> I knew he was going to be in it, but to see it, I was like, "Wow, yeah, this makes sense." The lace front, but the lace I also feel like right? he he could have been also a um a Ken. Oh, he a decent Ken because like he's somebody that that doesn't take himself too seriously either. Like he's imagine so like being funny. in that silly type role. He's so funny. He'd nail Ken. He's so mm-hmm. funny. But I'm happy with his role. Obviously, I think Margo apparently she said that she'd he I think she went out for dinner. Um, he paid for her meal. They're both in London. Cause I think they both did suicide yeah. together. He mm-hmm. paid for a meal and then she asked him if do you want to be in Barbie? And he goes, Yeah, why not? <laughs> um and then he obviously he appears in Barbie. Were you guys Barbie girls growing up? I was. Yeah, I feel like I was forced to. I also had an Alan. Girl. I also had an Alan. I was gonna ask. I was gonna ask if you knew of if you knew of Alan's growing up. Yeah, I did. Well, Jess, I who did. forced you to be a Barbie girl? I think my mom, because obviously, like I'm the youngest girl, so so they always used to get me loads of Barbies and loads of dolls and everything. But you know, but you didn't care about them. No, I really enjoyed us oh. like as a kid, but then obviously, like growing up, it didn't really have an impact on me because I do 
prefer sports, but <laughs> futile. Your mom's efforts were futile. <laughs> she actually really tried so hard. Like she'd buy me um, dresses that were like way too big for me from when I was born because she's like so excited uh, to get a girl and everything. Uh, but I had a good time. No, I did have fun with like my Barbies and everything. No, I was. A good time. I was. Such, and you had to cut the hair and stuff. Yeah, I was such a weird mix. <laughs> Because I loved, like, you can ask my parents, My I loved Barbie. Jess has met my dad. My dad was basically, like, if I said something, my dad would buy it. <laughs> That's the sort of dad my dad was. <laughs> Jess has met him. He's, he's one of those guys. So when I was, I was obsessed, obsessed with Barbie. Barbie dream house, Barbie bed sheets, Barbie TV shows, Barbie notebook, Barbie pen. Like, I wanted yeah, My room was, like, pink as well. Then they turned it purple. Yeah. Because pink looked a bit too tacky. I <laughs> wanted... Anything Barbie related, I was there. I was there. <laughs> but at the same time, I also like playing with my brother's action man and like watching football. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I remember I had the whole action man collection. I wonder if they'll make an action man movie. They need to make an action man movie and then call Ryan. Because he's love action just, man. Ah, he's just call Ryan. He's just doing every Call every Ryan job. again. <laughs> call Ryan again. again. He's only the grey man. <laughs> Should we talk about the Should we talk about the eponymous character? Should we talk about Barbie? I think we've we actually talk about Barbie and Barbie's storyline in this movie. Let's talk about Miss Margot. Let me do applause. <laughs> Margot. She has girl. The Oscar. I'm gonna campaign for you. You're gonna probably lose. No, no, who? Yeah, she's probably gonna lose to Lily. We'll talk about that in a second. I don't think we'll talk about that in a second. But Margot has Harley Quinn and Barbie in her in her filmography her repertoire like she has no let's we've not we've not discussed her best role which is her best role there's two i tonya yeah perfect Mm -hmm. and the wolf of wall street yeah yeah Mm -hmm. how can you have those two things in repertoire barbie and harley quinn she's actually so powerful yeah i mean yeah the reason that's a good woman (laughs) the reason i said barbie and um (laughs) harley quinn is because like those are things that people are going to like people are going to dress up as her for halloween for the next 20 years like 50 years. she's just she she's she's the two very iconic characters comic book characters toys she's the human embodiment of them which is kind of insane when you think about it um what do you guys think of Margot's performance in this movie when you guys kind of made a good point i know it's like just before we go into Margot, do you think that this would have been better if we waited for it to be released slightly later so it's slightly closer to halloween no like october time it won't matter maybe it won't it won't matter it won't matter it won't matter when this is released like people are going out as barbie people are going out as ken this halloween 100 percent. yeah like (laughs) birds of prey was released early in the year and people were just not just the characters for halloween like it, it actually won't matter like margot was brilliant that like, she carried the film on her back mm. like mm-hmm. she like the what because she had me all throughout where she really got me was when she met um with the creator of barbie um the character there mm-hmm. and when she was, was really cute when she was speaking with her and when she was discussing about like where she stands like what do i want and when like she was actually like fully realizing like where she actually wants to be what does she want for herself because she obviously thought naturally that oh i've saved a day that should be enough and to see like margot acting out on it with like, all her facial expressions and that billy eilish song was playing i was 
bawling. I was like, oh my God. Like, I completely understand. Like, she fully, like, like she fully re- made a feeling that I think, I don't know if Jess also experienced, like, most girls would have actually experienced, like, where do I, where do I stand? Where do I go? Hmm. Um, yeah. Like, where, what's my place in the world? Like, I don't know what I want because you're being told to be one, like, she's been told to be stereotypical Barbie, but who is she? Like, who am I outside of this step, like, of this label that's been given to me? What do I want with myself? And the way Margot was able to capture that was stunning. It was stunning. Like, I was literally crying, like, oh, my God, like, she actually, like, I fully get it. Like, she made that feeling so much more realised because you can overact that moment, and she didn't do that. It was so nuanced and felt heartfelt. And then she also made me laugh when, like, she was going to um, Gloria's daughter, thinking that she obviously <laughs> she's the one who's obsessed with her Barbie. And she's trying to do the whole feminism thing. And then she's basically called, she called her a fascist and she started crying. Again, I was the only one that laughed at that fascist line in my, my theatre. Nobody else laughed at her being called a fascist. I found it so funny. Um, can we, if you guys are okay with it, can we push the end of this movie is second and because I have some questions I want to ask you guys about the ending and we can just talk about anything yeah. Barbie before then I also something I liked and I, I don't know if this was anything that no, was noticeable maybe it was just me projected I liked the fact that I think very quickly you realise that America Ferreira is the one that's playing with Barbie when you see her drawing the stuff um, drawing the depressed Barbie and think, thoughts of death Barbie but I like the fact that she was the one that like she's the reason that Barbie came to the reward and not her daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it it yes. it avoids I putting an age on 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 who can play with a Barbie and who can be inspired by a Barbie. And as as someone who kind of likes things about creativity, I like the fact that like a Barbie was triggering this woman in her late no actually probably late forties um, to be creative and draw again. And it's her using the Barbie. It's not like. Things, if anything, if I, if I had an idea of what this movie was going to be, it was probably going to be Barbie's coming to the real world and is coming to find the child that's playing with her and maybe the, show the child mm-hmm. the meaning of love or the child shows Barbie something, whatever. Like um, Speaking of Will Ferrell, when I saw him in this movie, I just couldn't stop thinking about the Lego movie. I, I don't want to spoil his like what he does in that movie, but like it's just... But I really like the fact that America Ferrell was... And the, the movie didn't make a big lot out of it. I like that America Ferrell was the one that was playing with the Barbie and was like, Barbies are not only for children. Barbie can inspire, Barbie can inspire a, any woman of any age or probably any person of any age. So I really like that. No, you're so right because I actually want to talk about this because America like did such a good interview talking about this. Okay. Where she discussed the whole, and it was probably the most profound thing I've got from the entire press junkie and obviously it's going to come from America, where she discussed that there's a tendency with, boy, with men mm. that men are allowed to have their toys. Mm. You're allowed your whole man cave with your video games and you guys play Halo or Pac-Man or Donkey Kong mm-hmm. or whatever it is, like Dungeons and Dragons, board games. You're, you're basically being facilitated by society to be allowed to still be a child. Yeah. Whereas with girls, we're told, okay, as soon as you get to a, like maybe 10, mm. now nah, like stop the doll, stop the playing with dolls, stop all this. Time to grow up. Go do your chores, yeah. go and be a woman. Like you're not allowed mm. to do, like you're not allowed to have fun anymore. Like you're being forced into doing the real world. Yeah. Obviously I had an amazing mom who never really did that with me. But even if she wasn't doing it and my family weren't doing it, society was doing it mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So you still find yourself socializing to doing it. And for the film to have Gloria being the one still like being idealistic about her childhood, wanting to play with her Barbies, having that moment with her daughter 
and her being the one to do it was so nice to see. Yeah. And I hope like it was a, a different take because I hope like a lot of girls, like women my age, can take from this and be like, it's actually okay to be a kid. Mm. Like it's okay to like, I'm glad I came out of the film like, actually I want to buy a Barbie again. Like who's to say I can't? Like who's to say, like who's to say I actually can't do it? Who's to say the things that I love doing as a kid? Why can't I do it? Because I was like, consumerism I mean? got you, capitalism got you. <laughs> no, not not exactly, not exactly. Mattel, Mattel got you. <laughs> no, but in the sense that I was one of those girls mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who loved playing with my Barbie, and I was gutted when like you're sort of forced to stop. Yeah, because like if you're a twelve, like, if you're a fourteen year old girl with your Barbie, people are looking at you weird in comparison to a boy still playing with his PSP. PSP, <laughs> yes, Jesus Christ! Because it's basically no, because basically it's the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, just it's essentially the, the same past. thing. Yeah, it's a blast from the past. <laughs> like if a boy, a boy at twenty five, a guy at twenty five is having a PSP, everyone's like, "Oh, that's so cool! Like you still got your PSP and you're still playing these games." Mm-hmm. If a girl's like saying, oh, "I've got my Nintendo DS and I'm still playing Cookie Mama," the the, the narrative tone changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a weird like one. even the way we talk about w- women playing Animal Crossing in comparison to we play men playing their video games is a complete narrative change like that's not a real video game whereas this video game is a real game do you know what I mean mm-hmm. women aren't allowed to be live their own childish wherever that thing is whether it's Barbie herself if it's like playing board games if it's playing like certain video games like if you like playing Animal Crossing great if you like going on Stardoll great who's to say you still can't do it and I was really, really happy that Greta used America for this because I was even thinking it was going to be her daughter until I saw America, uh, Gloria draw those, mm-hmm. those pictures. Mm-hmm. And I was happy that America mm-hmm. spoke about that in that interview because I think like Greta does a really good job of bridging the whole thing of being just because a, a girl has become a woman and you've grown up doesn't mean you still can't hold these idealistic things from your childhood mm-hmm. and you can still have those. So I don't know what, Jess, what you thought of it. Yeah, I really did like that as well because, as I said, I don't really know that many young girls. And it's just like, do they still play with like Barbies as much as we did growing up and look up to them as well? So I felt like it was more fitting for America to be that character to do that instead of her daughter in a way. Because I feel like kids nowadays think of things differently than we would. It's not like something that, oh, you just have fun with this. You think about it or like, why is this? person this doll that i'm playing with is a doll that doesn't look like me like um i know her daughter's like brunette and then it's like a blonde barbie but then when we we're younger we didn't used to see things in that way as well so i wasn't i know now there will probably be loads of kids that will play with it and everything but i just wasn't too sh- i thought it felt right to have an older person doing that mm-hmm. yeah. that makes sense it was gonna back a uh, back on that and i think what's been nice about watching everyone watch barbie is it's really nice seeing women and little girls like women like grown women dress up for this like it's... grown men were there too grown men were there no i mean i ain't talking about the men i don't care about the men folk <laughs> this is for the girls and gays but it was really I nice was there with my scrunchie. I, I i i don't care about the men i don't care about <laughs> it doesn't matter i'm just but letting you know that's what men taking their girlfriends there i was like oh that's they're really, they're really forced you out that would be for you <laughs> but it was really nice seeing like girls like 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 going into the Odeon or whatever and go to whatever cinema, cinema, whatever, and seeing everyone dressed fully dressed up was mm-hmm. so nice. Mm-hmm. Like I actually because I really like because you saw it in Renaissance tour, you've seen it with Taylor Swift's tour, you've seen it with people just mm-hmm. like Oppenheim. It's really nice that people are reliving that part of themselves and people wearing pink because I don't care what anyone tells me. There was a period of there was many years 
were wearing pink. I was like, oh, why do you like pink? Like, why do you like pink? So it's actually kind of nice that everyone's like, you know what? Yeah, I like pink. I didn't, I didn't give a two dams, like two shits about pink. Like my room was pink. Like no one can't tell me I'm not going to wear pink. But, but there was a societal view of pink being like girly and girly being negative, being, yeah. you know, viewed negatively. So it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, you know what? Who give two shits? I'm going to wear pink. I'm going to wear my little pony. I'm going to wear my pink uh, little dress. I'm going to wear this and I'm going to wear watch Barbie. It's actually kind of nice seeing everyone doing that. And obviously mm-hmm. ties in with Gloria's story arc in, um, in the film. Cause like, yeah, it's okay to still have that charged element of yourself and dress up and do those fun things because that's what yeah. makes you, you. And that, if that makes you happy, then it makes you happy in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jess, you mentioned something which I think is quite important. Probably should not, not talk about it. Is um, when America Ferrera, Gloria's daughter, basically reads the riot act to to Barbie and calls her a fascist, and she doesn't hold back in like all the negatives of Barbie and what Barbie has meant mm-hmm. negatively to children, and like like you said, that's probably why children of that age range probably are not playing with Barbie that much because they see. Like, for all the good things that Barbie has done, Barbie has also set unrealistic beauty standards for, for women and is only mm-hmm. recently that it started becoming more inclusive. And yeah, you say a Barbie can be a pilot, a president, or a doctor, but then that Barbie was probably very skinny and white and blonde. And obviously, it's made by a company that is fueling capitalism and consumerism. So like, I like I like that scene because I, I like that... That... The, sh- the movie did it the movie said it the movie was like yeah this movie is about barbie and but like barbie isn't that like barbie's in speak and span there's been some stuff here like and i also like the scene that follows when she sees that older woman and she says like it's almost like barbie is realizing that you can be beautiful without being young yeah and like you can be you can yeah. be beautiful while having wrinkles like she's 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 not surprised but she's like you are beautiful but you don't look like me Neither do you look like Issa Rae or Harry Neff or like Alexander Ship. You are an older woman who has had wrinkles and cellulite and whatever, and but you are still beautiful. And she says, "I know," which is funny. I, I think that was I think that's someone that worked on the <laughs> on the movie costume designer or something, chat. Uh, but yeah, no. So I think like that those two scenes are important because like they're like Barbie's has been good for lots of female. Actually, no, it's been for lots of children growing up. But like it wasn't perfect. There are lots of bad things. I'm sure Barbie. Yeah. Has, influence in that society in 60 years like it's not yeah. just all good so i, I really like those two all scenes. good because hmm. i think one of the main overarching things and i think greta does this in every project she does is that the, my favorite line was the line that um the creator barbie the character says to her which that mothers stand still uh, to let their daughters walk ahead uh, how, to see how yeah. much progress they've made how far they've come and that was and that was so poignant because I was looking at it and I was like, I literally remember watching that day. I was like, I miss my mum. I want to call my mum and I just saw her. Like, I literally just okay. saw her. Should we, should we talk about the final terms of this movie? So, I can see a world in which people criticise the movie based on this final term and it's like, um, that maybe it comes out of the blue or it's jarring to the film. I think lots of these things are planted from the beginning. But I mean, just let me tell you, what did you think about the ending of this movie? Like from the moment Ruth comes to Barbie Land? Um, okay, so from the moment Ruth comes to Barbie Land. I feel like that kind of you kind of get like the whole point of it when it gets a bit more, I guess, serious. Mm-hmm. 
I existential, guess. yeah. Because, yeah, and then there's obviously like a reason as to why, and as Priscilla said, that when she's just explaining like what she actually is and who she can be, and then in the end, she's obviously like a real person, I guess, and then goes to the gynecologist. Oh, excuse me. I felt like that was definitely, it's always nice to just end on a positive note and have a good story behind it. Because as I said in the beginning, I just thought it was going to be a fancy story about mm-hmm. Barbie land, people being silly, people being funny. Mm-hmm. But then to also leave with a really good message and it can have little girls think, oh, maybe, you know what? I can be something different, not just like, oh, a Barbie doll that's perfect. I can be a million different things. So I thought it was definitely a great message. Mm. I love and the ending. Yeah. I love mm-hmm. the ending. I love the really ending. That's a typical Greta Gerwig ending. Like, I loved how, because for me, what would have annoyed me more is if she was satisfied with what she did by saving day and helping all the Barbies because the main problem Barbie had from the jump, and it was it was parroted throughout, like if you won, you watched it from the beginning, was that she wasn't happy mm-hmm. with where she was. Mm-hmm. She was deeply mm-hmm. unhappy and unsatisfied with her life. Like her life was, she had the picture perfect life, but it wasn't the life she wanted for herself. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she was really talking about death earlier. Yeah, and then even when she was talking with the, with Kate McKinnon, whose Barbie was we didn't go into it was amazing. Oh, by the way, so, cool. um, <laughs> so funny. But when she, when she was talking with Kate McKinnon's Barbie, that weird Barbie, I don't like calling her weird Barbie, but Kate McKinnon's Barbie, and she was discussing about how like she's just the stereotypical Barbie. Mm-hmm. And she's who you think wanted, about when you think of Barbie. Yeah, and she wanted, and you could tell she wanted more than that. And I mm-hmm. think her having that moment with Ruth at the end and having that moment of realization of guys, you know what, I'm going to search for what I want. Cause I don't know what that is at the moment. And I'm not going to find yeah. that in Barbie land. That's been the prison that's been holding her back. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. was more herself in the real world and expanding her knowledge. And she, you felt like she was, I feel like in the, in the, the scenes in the real world, you felt like she was more herself and mm-hmm. you could tell like her world was expanding. Like, wow, like all this is in front of me. Like I can expand this world. And, I, I prefer that. It's sort of like very weird take and very weird diversion, but it reminds me of the ending that Arya got at the end of Game of Thrones where like it, she didn't have the ending that some people wanted for her when they wanted her with Gendry or having a happy moment with the love of her life or being at home with John or Jamie, but she mm-hmm. doesn't know who she is anymore. So she has to go and f- search for that was and for her, she went off to explore new worlds. And for this Barbie... It's so, and I think it said it's actually okay to know what you want, to know not what you want. Yeah, it's okay yeah, yeah. to not have it a real life ending yeah. for yourself. And if that means searching for it, that's a good, I think that's the ending that this Barbie needed. Like she's not, she didn't get what she wanted in Barbie land at yeah. all. That's not what she was searching for. She needed to know what, she needed to know who she is. And throughout the entirety of the movie, she didn't get that until near the end, which was like, do you know what? I'm going to find out what that thing is. I'm not stereotypical yeah. Barbie. I don't know what Barbie I am. I'm just going to find out what who I'm meant to be. And I kind of like that, to be honest. Yeah. I, I think having finally watched Little Women just before watching Barbie, I, it, and obviously there, Joe, Sasha Renan's character, makes her character fall in love and do the other stuff basically because that's what would sell. Obviously, that's, that's very reductive, and, but that's the point. I like that this Barbie, like, it's almost like Greta is like, okay, that's something I couldn't change because that's, I guess that's from the original story. So in this Barbie, she doesn't do that. Like, she she doesn't go, because what does the Will Ferris say that she's in love with Ken or whatever? She's like, no, 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 no. 
she's going to go into the real world. Like, yeah, I can actually control the story. And Jill Marsh falls in love with the guy. That's all fine. And even though... Uh, it's difficult to... How do you talk about <laughs> Little Women? How do you say which one is the story and which one is the movie we've been watching? Well, you get what I mean. So... Yeah. The, sto- the, the story in the story, Jill Marsh in the story goes, to fi- goes with the French guy or whatever. And I just like that. I don't think um, maybe even Greta wasn't even making this connection. But to me, it was just like, oh, yeah, Barbie doesn't do that. Barbie goes full on. Um, I like the ending. I really like the end. Actually, that's that's an understatement. Uh, the montage bit did give me a lot of Babylon thoughts. But I, I think when I said I said earlier that I spent twenty four hours thinking about Barbie, it was really just thinking about just last ten minutes of the movie because it's like something that kept going to my head was like, are the highs of human of humanity worth the lows? Because like Ruth tells her, I can't in good conscience let you become a human without you knowing everything that has like that comes with it. Like so you might want to experience the sun and love and laughter, but you also get death and pain and menstrual cramps and breakups. So it's like I've been thinking about it for like it's like if you had the choice knowing like what life is would you take would you accept life would you want to do life if you like if you if, if somebody called you and was like if basically ruth is good in the situation if she calls you and like look you can be a human if you want but this is what you get like so i don't know i've, I've been really really thinking about that idea for like the last 48 hours because i don't know what actually i don't know what my choice would be i think ideally you want to be like yeah obviously life is so unencompassing and the highs are so good that the lows are worth it but then i don't actually know if I'm, if, if i believe that so it's like if I was if I was in Barbie's position, would I would I agree? Probably because she's looking for purpose. But as well, like when you know how bad the bad of life could be, do you still take it? Anyway, that was not. I don't, I'm not looking for an answer right now. Just just a thought that's been in my head. If yeah, that's. I think it was interesting. I think I'm happy that she was able to make the well informed decision. But I mm-hmm. think the montage was probably obviously for those who don't know, those are actual like montages of the cast, family, female, family, friend. Um, female friends and family of the cast and crew okay, it was my favorite bit it's my favorite bit of the film like it was so nice seeing that and did you like the her, film montage in babylon i loved it okay loved it but yeah i really liked it in this and i was happy that she was able to make a well-informed decision mm-hmm. like this wasn't a rushed decision this was a decision that she decided to take for herself and i was happy that they gave her that rather than like, oh, let's throw you into this world without re- telling you like there's bad in this. But for mm-hmm. Barbie, she's like, I don't know, like probably just a quick answer to what you were saying. Like if I was given the same question as Barbie, as Margaret's Barbie was given, despite all the terrible things that are going on in the world, there's still, and maybe it's the optimistic side of me, there's still an element of you making it your own and doing what mm-hmm. you want more than staying in Barbie land. So I would still take that option. Yeah. You take the good. I mean, with I, I guess, basically. yeah, yeah. Because you have the free like, will. You've got more free will in the real world you than you would in Barbie Land. So that's why I'll take the option. True. Yeah. Jess, do you have an answer? You don't have to have an answer because I don't think you think I have an answer. But it's just something that I've been thinking about. No, because now that you thought about it, because I was thinking, because first I thought she was just going to go to the real world for a bit and take what she learned from the real world. And bring it to Barbie Land. Oh no, I think she's full on technically... in the real world. Like she's now a human forever. Mm. But I know that you can't obviously do that because there's like a structure to it. There's only Ken's there that you can date. <laughs> and you can't really go out and really see the world for what it is. 
So I, I think maybe in the end it, it was worth it. Now that I think about it. Yeah, fair. Fair. Oh, actually, that's okay. I was probably well, assuming that like that whole Barbie Ken dichotomy is, has been like crushed, right? Don't, don't longer exist in Barbie land. Like you can you can be with whoever you not whoever you want to be, but like you don't have to be attached to a particular Barbie or a particular Ken. I think that's kind of like they basically achieved consciousness, sentience, I assume. Is yeah. Like the thing now. Yeah, then I feel like if that's the case, then she just should have stayed in Barbie Land. <laughs> <laughs> Did this world that was like... I mean, no, because I don't... Because I just feel much... like the world isn't, like, the what do we do? She... We just work, we come home. Yeah, but she weren't... She, <laughs> but she wasn't happy in Barbie Land. That's the whole point. Like, there's good and bad. Like, obviously, there's depression in the rural and work and whatever. But then mm-hmm. she still has the free will to do what she wants in there. In Barbie Land, it was too perfect. I'd be running... I would lose my mind in that. Everything's too picture perfect. And she didn't feel like her realized self in there. Mm. And you'd rather be like, I can be myself and you take the bad of it than to be like, mm. I don't feel at home in this place. And that was the core thing. She got to make the decision to make her own choice. With Barbie Land, she was sort of put in this place and never had the decision to make to choose whether she wants to stay there was what mm. the original issue she had with it in the first yeah. place. Because with this, at least you can say, I chose to make this decision to be in the real world. And if, if it, whatever bad of it, that she saw the bad. But she's like, I can still be myself here. In comparison mm-hmm. to being in Barbie land, when she's being chased around like a lunatic and having to wave like this. Like a, <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> um, okay, one quick question, because I'm assuming you want to wrap up now soon. Yeah. Barbie is now in re- real world. She's now a human being. If you could be the fly on the wall for one thing, like one thing that she gets to do for the first time, what would it be? Watching Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You can't, have a, so, like... you can't have an answer so specific, ready to go, Priscilla. What? <laughs> I've been thinking about this for three days. Okay. <laughs> Jess, do you have an answer? Um, I think just going out and being able to see other people, like I guess going... You know, clubbing, day parties. You don't see what the young folk do, you know? (laughs) I think mine would be, like, her first bad date. Like, I think that would be such a shock to Barbie, like, having, like, a truly (laughs) terrible, like, hinge date. Like, like, he comes in... in, Yeah, like, he comes on flip-flops. He comes in flip-flops or something. Like, it really, like, she's like, oh, my God. But also, alternatively, maybe I'd like to be... No, actually, never mind. I'll I'll censor that. This is not the right podcast. Um... (laughs) So, okay, but okay. So obviously, you guys are going to go on a break after the Barbie Oppenheimer period, and you come back in fall, and then we're going to be doing Oscar movies because that's that's the period. Just I hope you're ready. The intense, intense award season. <laughs> um, but what that? So I mean, I guess we have to just touch on it here. This movie will probably, I feel like it's too much a phenomenon not to have some role at the Oscars. Um. I don't know, Priscilla. Do you have any any thought? I think obviously, I think probably things like costume design, makeup, hairstyling, okay. production design. I think it's a shoe in for things like that. I think Ryan shoe in for supporting actor nom. Shoe in, Margot. Is... Yeah, shoe in, shoe in, shoe in. Do you know the Academy shoe in? I think because it's it's, mm-hmm. it's it's the competition this year, so I he won't win it. He'll win the Golden Globe. I, I was saying this to Alan yesterday. I think he won the Golden Globe. Defo, Defo, Defo. He's winning the Golden Globe for it. Mm, yeah. But Supporting I, the think, comedy, yeah. I think because of his competition, it depends if the Colour Purple releases this year. This is where it hinges on because obviously Coleman Dingo's in it. 
Why do you think color purple is the thing that is going to... Because Coleman, because I feel like his main competition will be Coleman, if that makes any sense, who's, who's in the color purple. So if that releases when it's intended to release in the Oscar run, then obviously he's yeah. in trouble. Do you know what I mean? I think because of the amount of buzz he's got around his name, pre the film coming out, the reviews kept saying him... What role are you, what, him. what category are you thinking of lead or supporting? Supporting actor. Supporting, not lead, supporting, supporting. He's you haven't even mentioned the person that I think is um, going to win the category. Uh, Ryan, don't, uh, no, he's not winning this because Robert Downey Jr. is winning it. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, you haven't mentioned RDG. RDG oh, no, I'm not saying, winning. no, he's not okay. going to win. He's just going to be a shoe-in nomination. He's, he's there. Oh, okay. He's, okay. His name's in the category. Okay. The person who's winning it is Robbie Downey. Robbie Downey Jr. is doing a clean sweep except for the Globes. He's doing a clean sweep. Why He's winning. The, the only person I can see going pop, 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 with him is Coleman Dingo if he goes in the, if the Color Purple releases this year. That could that could change things. That could well, okay, change so he, things massively. So here's the thing. The buzz before was that they changed... I, I, I don't know if that, this hasn't been verified, but that Jesse Plemons is the lead of Killers of the Flower Moon and Leo is the supporting. Leo is going to be supporting, yeah. But the, but the two trailers that have come out have not supported that idea. No. Because Leo is the lead in both trailers. Leo is the lead and Jesse has been supporting. So I don't actually know, but, but whichever one of them is supporting, like they will both play a part in like the Oscar season. The Oscar so season. So that's something but, to... Yeah. But to I think in. it will be very very hard for anyone to beat Robbie Downey Jr. I oh, it would take well I mean we do this every, every, or I do this every year and something comes in December and all of a sudden the the competition changes but yeah I do it, it feels like it's RDJs to lose at this point but it's like eight months away so who knows I think Margot yeah, yeah. definitely has a big big case yeah whole, I mean like, I think it could, it could be one of the situations where the lead of the film is so steady and carries the movie and kind of like the supporting guys are the ones that get the, get the attention or get like the Oscar buzz. That has happened many times before. So it could be a thing where Margot doesn't really get nominated. I mean, both Greta's films, previous films, are nominated for Best Picture. I can't like see Barbie nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> I don't know no. what we'd see. I, I think they probably get an adapted screenplay nomination. That's very possible. Adapted screen, yeah. I think right now, I can only think of, I can only think of Killers and... Oppenheimer's for adapted. I'm sure there's something else I can't think of right now. But anyway, um, Jess, are you ready? This is the fun conversation we're going to be having for the next eight months when the Oscars, <laughs> the Oscars come out in March. Um, yeah, Oscar stuff. Anyway, but I don't know. I think the main, it's going to be Oppenheimer versus Killers. Killers on the Moon. I think those are the two that are going to be going against each other. I think Barbie will probably, they're winning costume design, definitely. Yeah, costume design, production design, things like that. Production, things like that. But I think she was just very, very unlucky that those two films also came out at the same time. Because I think in any other year for the Oscars, she'll probably... I think if it was last year's Oscars, I think she probably would have been nominated for quite a few. Whereas this year, it's quite strong. It's quite a strong year, actually, to be fair. It's a very, very, very strong year. So depending on if June comes out, then that changes things entirely. Because if the, obviously if they sort things out, if the, if the studios, I don't know, if they have a mad, ma- massive epiphany and things resolve <laughs> itself, now you're adding yeah. June to the mix. Mm. And Rebecca Ferguson, like her role in this film is going to be insane. Timothy, little Timmy Tim, 
his role in this second part is going to be categorically insane. And then you've got Zendaya who plays a pivotal part. Do you know what I mean? So things can, I think right now, she's definitely going to be in the adapted screenplay conversations. I think Ryan's up there. I don't know if Margot's going to suffer for Ryan being so popular in this. I think if they campaign it right, I'm just Ken could be his uh, best song nomination. If uh, they campaign it right, but I think they'll pick, mm. I think they'll pick the Billy Eilish song. Be, yeah, yeah. She's a previous winner. Yeah, we can end it here. But guys, thank you so much. Thank you, Bangkoli, for coming and chatting, chit-chatting thank about you, Barbie. Thank you, welcome. I hope I was Kenoff. <laughs> you, you were Kenoff. You were Kenoff. You were Kenoff. Um, but that's been me and Jess. We've probably realised that Barbie is cinema. And we thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. We're going to be on a little break, but you will see us soon. Yeah. But again, it's been me, me Priscilla. And me, Jess. And Barbie was actually cinema. So thanks, guys. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. (laughs) Bye.